Alrighty, everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Blood, Sweat, and Beers. On the pod today, we are chatting with my teammate and friend, Mia Bitzer. Mia is one of the nicest people you will ever meet off the field, but one of the hardest hitters you will ever encounter on the field. She is truly one of the most resilient humans I have ever met, and also the only person I know that may be a bigger Harry Potter fan than me. So let's get right into it. How are you doing today, Mia? Hey, good. Um, I don't know what I was expecting for an intro, uh, an intro, but that was just beyond anything I had thought it would be. I told you, it's the part I probably prepare for the most. It's like I really think about what to say about everyone. And you t- one take, one take, and we're done. You're a professional. Well, you didn't. You haven't heard how many takes I did before we were recording. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the real insight. But yeah, so how you feeling? Good. I'm a bit tired just from the training load we've been going through, but overall really good. Yeah, well, we have a, we've had a kind of big block. This is like the longest block of training we've had in like, I don't know, the last like four months, I think, right? Yeah, and the the amount of meters they're having us run, the amount of load they're putting on our bodies, I think is more than we've done since pre-COVID. So it's wild. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're like back to where we were last year before everything like kind of got shut down. But they're like super preparing us for like worst case scenarios. Mm-hmm. So like, Tammy, we're running like four minute blocks of play, which is like longer than you usually have in a sevens match of like, like how long you're actually like playing. So they're just like, you know, like we'll be like, you'll go through a whole phase or whatever. And then they'll just like throw another ball across the field and the whole team will have to sprint after it. No, and then it's like, no scrums, no line outs. Yeah. Just if they're putting such a load on your body, like how do you, you know, are you taking ice baths? Are you doing infrared saunas? How are you just bouncing back every single day? We are doing nothing on the weekends, zero activity on the weekends so that by Monday we can walk again. <laughs> Pretty much. Mia, I don't know if you're an ice bath per- ice bath person, but I am absolutely not. Like, I am too much of a baby to sit in the ice bath. I hate it so much. I am, but uh, um, the other Friday I did it, and I was like, this is what it's come to. This is where we're at. Um, yeah. Oh, it's just so painful. Like, that, the, like, minute and a half of, like, feeling your body, like, freezing and like numb before you actually or like before you go numb is like the worst minute and a half so I just won't do it I just will not submit to it also um wait sorry no I was just gonna say are you doing that breathing like the the real rhythmic breathing and the moaning and the tribal sounds when you get into these ice spots because I think that's the real key not intentionally, but probably. <laughs> Honestly, like so many of our teammates do it so often that like it doesn't even phase them. And every time I see it happen, I'm like, are you kidding? Like the second I get into an ice bath, like I feel like the biggest baby. Drama queen. I just, yeah, I just cannot do it. Like the number of times I've tried and like gotten out before my body went numb because I just couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. It's just embarrassing, I think, honestly. Like, yeah. So I do not use ice baths as recovery. I'm, I'm much more of a, you know, active recovery, Leap. go for a walk, stretch type of person. Mm-hmm. But oh, hang on a moment. Like, I can tell you, I, my weak ass has been to the gym many, many <laughs> times. And I will try and go for a walk. And no walk has ever gotten me back into feeling good. Yeah, I'm skeptical about the whole active recovery. (laughs) Like sometimes they're like, get on the bike for 20 to 40 minutes. And I'm like, that's the last thing I want to do is more activity when my body's so tired. Active recovery for me is climbing up and down a massage table. (laughs) 
That sounds nice. <laughs> oh, those were the days back before COVID when we could actually get massages. That was that was key recovery that we don't have. We didn't anymore, know how good we had it. <laughs> didn't we? Didn't. Um, no, seriously. But yeah, so like this is, and then we have a pretty big week the rest of this week too. How you feeling about that? Big scrimmages coming up. I'm really excited. Um, yeah, there's just like this is a very tail end of everything, and to be able to play with and against some of the best people like in the world is. It's just a blast. It's it's a great experience. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely agree. And I think you're also somebody, like, as I said, like, you're one of the hardest hitters I've ever, you know, had the pleasure of being hit by, I guess. <laughs> um, but seriously, I was, so I'm sure you get this all the time, but um, naturally I was doing my research on you before interviewing you. Um, oh and uh You've been called both a human sledgehammer and an American badass in different articles. So, like, what, like, where does that come from? Like, do you just love contact? Um, my younger self would be jumping out of the chair, screaming yes. Um, like growing up playing football, and you know what that's like. And the contact is just the most appealing aspect. Um, and then slowly moving into the rugby world. But with 15s, it's such a different kind of contact point that you get these like wild, crazy, great hits. But with sevens, you're like, I'm just trying to do this as fast and as efficient as, po- efficient as possible. And that's that. So as I've gotten older and played more sevens than 15s, it's more like fast tackles. But when I was younger and when my body was like more here for every contact aspect, I would try and make any hit like the most insane thing. And you did. So like that video where you're you're being described as the human sledgehammer, you just hit after hit of you just absolutely demolishing like college kids. Like it was I had never seen it before. It was like the most wild thing. I literally sent it to Tammy and I was like, You have to watch this. <laughs> it is wild. Because there was like one where it's just like you and the girl are just completely horizontal. And I was like, holy crap. And in my head, I'm like, that hit could have been better because if I would have cut my leg drive, she would have gone straight on her back. But it just looks really cool because we're both like in the air. But you're your biggest critic. I know that. So it is what it is. Well, and that is why you're out here doing what you're doing because the the idea of constant improvement. We all see that hit and we're like, holy crap look at this and you're like, nah, could have been better. Could have been better. Could have done differently. <laughs> but anyway, so you mentioned football. So I know you played football. Like, you started in seventh grade. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so what sports did you play before you started picking up football? And um, I played basically anything my parents could get me into when I was younger, like t-ball couldn't sit still while I wasn't on the outfield. Um, I did gymnastics for a while and I absolutely loved it, but I, I played soccer as well, and my mom got um, stationed in Iraq for a year, and my I have three siblings, so my dad was going to have to be, like, the person driving us everywhere. He said, you have to pick soccer or gymnastics, and I was like, ooh, gymnastics, and he said, ooh, soccer, and <laughs> it was, I mean, I think he knew what he was doing because it turned out great for me, but so... Um, then I was just getting into soccer and, and then in seventh grade, I got to get involved with football and, um, yeah. And it was the contact aspect. I was like, this is neat. And I had begged my parents to let me play before that, but they were just unsure. Um, Well, yeah, there's like, I think there is a hesitant to like allowing your daughter to play football a little bit, allowing your kids to play football in general, I think too. Yeah. I I can understand where they're coming from, but after I played it, they let my little brother start younger. And I was like, what the F is this about? (laughs) But I think it's because they saw it wasn't as bad as they thought it was going to be when I was going through it. 
Did you like instantly fall in love with football when you started playing it? Oh my gosh, yes. I I loved it and I like immersed myself in it and I loved it up until I started becoming a lot smaller than the guys, which was probably like ninth or 10th grade. I was like, oh shoot, this isn't as fun because I'll like run as fast as I can or hit as hard as I can. They're just that much bigger than me. Um, So like, I never got to that point of football. Like I literally only played football from, I think when I was like eight to like when I was 12, like once I started hitting middle school, like it was like, it became one of those things. I got like the the football or soccer kind of, Mm -hmm. um, I had like that kind of choice in front of me and I chose soccer, but you stuck with football all the way into college. Yeah, I think, well, so I grew up in Southeast Texas. Um, Obviously football is like a massive deal, but it's not as cool when a girl is playing it. So at a certain point I didn't love it as much as I just wanted to finish out at least my high school career just to show that I could. Cause my mm-hmm. teammates weren't very supportive of me. My family and friends were obviously super supportive, but the sport itself had changed from this super fun thing I had picked up when I was little mm-hmm. to something I just wanted to prove people wrong with. Um, but then I got to college and I actually ended up uh, getting a scholarship for kicking um, to a college, which soccer, football, translation, great. Yes, definitely. Um, And my college teammates were way cooler about it. And I had great relationships with them. So just different people or different. What's up? (laughs) Hold on a moment. Hold on. Am I, you played on the boys team in high school, Mm -hmm. got a scholarship to college to play on the men's team, like the football team. Very small college um, in Kansas. Don't diminish that accomplishment. It's incredibly cool. is expletive expletive irrelevance that is okay so now now everyone that's listening that is legit proper college football that's what we're listening to right here okay please carry on isn't that crazy yeah um yeah but so my college teammates were really supportive um and I like I still have relationships with some of them to this day but it, it was just a different environment and I really liked it again and so when did you pick up like rugby in this whole process? Was it, did you pick up rugby in high school or did you pick mm-hmm. it up after getting to college? Um, so in my rugby sporting career, I played four sports. So I had two sports per season and I didn't want to choose. I would not be told to choose. Um, I love that. I, I do lacrosse. love that. Yeah. I love that. I had lacrosse, soccer, football, and then um, track, but track wasn't, track was just like fun. I did pole vaulting and I was terrible at it, but it was just fun. Um, but so I had two sports a season and I really think that they all translated and helped me into becoming this athlete that I am, Mm -hmm. but I picked up rugby, um, my junior year. I wish, I wish I would have picked it up my sophomore year. I had the opportunity to play a year sooner, but I was like, I really like my pads. This is kind of intimidating. I was a bit more shy. Um, yeah. If you can imagine. So you were um, pretty resistant to the idea of playing rugby at first. Oh yeah. Um, multiple times. Like one of my lacrosse teammates was like, you have to come out to rugby practice with me. You'll love it. And I was like, no, I really, I don't want to. And then the president of the rugby club saw me coming in from a football game, carrying all my pads and stuff. And he was like, you have to come out to the rugby club. You'll love it. And I was like, Mm, I don't know. We'll see. But my lacrosse teammate would not leave me alone. So I was like, I'll do it. Fine. I'll do it just to shut her up. And I friggin' loved it. I was sold one, one practice and I was, I was in. See, so those are the best types of friends. So like the same thing happened to me. Like 
I graduated from college and I was like complaining to any of my friends that would listen about how much I missed playing sports. And like my best friend from high school, like <laughs> she had played a uh, club when she was in college and she just kept telling me, she was like, you should come try rugby. You should come try rugby. It took me probably like eight months to finally like cave yeah. and like agree to go. Like, yeah, I was like resistant to it. I was like, no, like, you know, like I'm a soccer player. I don't want to go play rugby. And then, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, and then I was just like, I don't know, like I'm past like that point in my career. Like, I don't want to get hurt. Like, mm-hmm. like Got I kind of thought, job. right. So like all those things and I kept resisting and she just like would not let it go. And like, thank God. She's the real one. She's the real one. Like I owe my entire life now to her. Like, isn't that crazy to think about? Like, yeah. I've like, thought about that friend so many times too. I'm like, wow, imagine if I just like would not have done this. Or like there's like certain steps along the way. You're like, imagine if I had just done the other thing. And it's just like crazy. Right. I think about all the time. I was like, if I hadn't agreed to play rugby, like literally, I have no idea where I would be. It's like still in that office cubicle you were working for. No, and I just would probably be miserable. Like Aww. like all the time. Like I'll just kind of text her randomly and I'll be like, Hey, like thanks so much for this. Like, I wouldn't be here. Like, I really like it out here. <laughs> yeah. I was like, California's so nice. So thanks for getting me into this rugby thing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no. So that's really cool. So, but you said, um, it, like you caught the rugby bug, like first practice, you were like, okay, this is it. Oh, immediately. They were having, they were teaching us to tackle in the, the women's team I played on in high school is not very developed. Like not a lot of girls wanted to play rugby in high school um, where I was from. So it was like seven to eight people that would consistently come out. And so we had to start off very slow where they were teaching us tackle technique. And I was like, you're sitting on the ground and someone's walking towards you and yeah. you just like, tackle them. I was, that was it. That's what sold me. I was like, I hope we get to stand up and do this at some point. <laughs> well, you were also probably like, I already know how to do this. Like, I already have a general sense of how to tackle people, right? I thought I did. But <laughs> my first fi- international 15s tour with the senior team, my face got messed up. Because with football, you're just used to having yeah. it covered. And so one game, I went in for a tackle. And my I, like, gashed open my cheek. So I had this massive, puffy black eye. And then we had another game. It was against France, which those are like, that's a team that loves contact. And then three days later, we were playing them again. And I broke my nose three days later. So then both my eyes are black. One's like massive. One's just kind of black. And my nose is like taking up half of my face. And I was just like, huh, I need to learn where to put my head. Oh, my God. And then I had to go back to school. And it's this it's that school that I played football at where it's just this really small Catholic school. And my teachers are like, are you okay? What's going on? <laughs> I was like, I told you guys I was leaving on a rugby thing. It's not a big deal. But I looked insane. Just wow. Just tackling I'll straight just with your face. Sometimes. Yes, yeah. please send me a picture of that. Oh, my God. Um, so I did have to. Yeah, if you have a picture, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. So you had to like break. So you had to like, like, I always say like, you know, I think part of the reason why I was able to like get into rugby so quickly was because I learned how to make kind of like a form tackle when I was eight. Mm -hmm. But I guess like when you're eight, you're Mm -hmm. kind of like, it's not the same level of contact. So like, and you're I, so rubbery, like your yeah. body can bend and another person's like, body can bend. Yeah, I feel like maybe for you, it was like you have all these years of playing football and then it's like you kind of have to like break all your instincts again, like in terms yeah. of contact. Yeah. And like, with yeah. like, so the last few years of my football career, I was solely a kicker. So I had to make like a handful of tackles that entire time. And so I love that 
aspect of it. And so when I get to do that, I would get really excited. But so I hadn't like consistently practiced tackling in a while. So then when you have women running like full speed at you, fully intending to just run you over and I'm like, yeah, (laughs) and your face is right there. That didn't work. It didn't work. So I think the love for contact got me a portion of the way, but I really did have to break down and learn the technique. And now you're still one of the hardest hitters Mm -hmm. that you'll ever interact with, which is, (laughs) I don't don't know about that anymore. (laughs) I I don't know. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure we were contact buddies last week. Like you you still hit pretty hard. (laughs) That that was the ice spot. Stop. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Um, But okay. So you mentioned your first um, like international tour. That was, when you were a freshman in college? Um, for sevens, it was when I was a freshman in college. And then for 15s, it was the beginning of my sophomore year. So they both happened in 2012. But one was like the spring semester and then one was the following fall. So like, how did you go from like, you know, playing in high school to then getting recognized and, and like getting your first caps, like what, two years later? Um, I got really lucky with the, the head of my rugby club was like, called the somehow got in contact with the U20 coach and was like, I have this girl, you need to see her, you need to see her. Basically, that's all he said. Yeah. But like, was very adamant about it. Um, And the Bryn Chivers was the coach of the U20 team at the time. He was like, fine, we have a U17 trip coming up. If she can get there, she's welcome to come. Um, And that was like, one of the moments where I was like, I can't imagine if I Mm -hmm. wouldn't have gone. But it was also like, we were in playoffs for football. And I didn't want to miss a week with the team, even though I I was second string kicker. So I like didn't, I wasn't probably going to get a point or whatever. Um, But so I went and I had a blast. I met some people that I like still play with. And um, Emily Bidewell was the coach of that team. Oh, wow. And and I had a blast. And that's how I kind of got on the on the USA rugby radar and it was with the U17 team. So from there, I just got invited to a couple U20 camps. And then um, when Rick called me to invite me on my first sevens tour, I was like, this is a prank call. <laughs> this you didn't believe it? Seriously? No. Cause he was, imagine, imagine how mad you'd be if you're, you're a resident and the coach invites this 18 year old kid who has never played sevens before. That's a massive chance that you're just, it's not just he's inviting him to a camp that happens like they used we used to have like consistent camps that would happen every right. month not just a camp but inviting them on tour for their first cap so i was like this is a joke this isn't real how much is this going to cost what kind of scam is this and he was like not here for any of it and he he like handed the phone to the manager to talk to me to work out the details because he didn't want to deal with me but i was i was so ecstatic when that happened but That's i also insane. didn't it. so you didn't even go to a camp before your first cap you just went straight to tour um, there was this one camp where they had the Collegian All-Americans, the Rugby Sevens, and the Fifteens programs all in one place. So you kind of got to bounce around between the camps if they wanted you to. Mm-hmm. And so I had like one or two camps with or sessions with the Sevens team. And it was like, I didn't know. First of all, I didn't know how big of a deal that was. Because I was, again, this, I was pretty young. You're a young so kid, yeah. Like, understanding that mm-hmm. getting to be bumped with the Sevens team or bumped over to the senior side team was a really cool thing and so I guess he just remembered me from those sessions and invited me on tour I still don't think it makes sense but that's what happened that's crazy so like you didn't even know like so like Never I asked played sevens before so your first sevens game was an international sevens game yeah what I and did I mean, not know that I mean let's be honest I did not play many minutes it was a back-to-back tournament tour, so we hit London and then Amsterdam, and I did not play many minutes, but that was still, yeah, my first experience. Yeah, still. 
Again, you do, not have, to, you do not have to qualify <laughs> the accomplishment. It's still very impressive. <laughs> We're not making it something it's that's still a checkbox. <laughs> a lot. But still, like your first like sevens experience was on the international stage, which is crazy. Which is pretty lucky because trying to learn sevens other places. So then I was still at my small school playing football because I went there thinking that I'd play U20s, I'd play football, and I also walked onto their soccer team. So I was like, I get to do everything and I still don't have to pick. Um, so then I went back to my school and I was trying to like teach myself by myself all these things about sevens. And I was like, I can't do this. And that was when I decided to transfer and, and play rugby because I liked it that much after that trip. Holy wow. Jeez, what a story. That's incredible. I mean, there had been like, I had gone on some U20 trips too, yeah. like for the, over the course of the years, but it wasn't like straight from high school into the sevens program. It was just like, there was, there was stops along the way. Yeah. But still like, yeah, but damn, pretty... those are like pit stops. That's like Formula <laughs> One quick pit stops. Not like, Hey, let's just hang out here for a while. <laughs> do, you, do you remember how you felt? Like I was going to ask you how you felt at like your first like camp, but like you didn't even know you were necessarily being recruited at your first camp. So like, how did you feel on your first tour? Oh, so back before tour, like back when Rick was coach, there was a, a week long camp leading up to the tour so that I had my first like camp and tour in the same experience. And I just like knew nothing. Yeah. And I was used to like, oh, I'll never forget this experience. This is when I learned I wasn't fast. Because <laughs> I was lined up on the 10 meter line to run a 40 to the tri zone. And I was like, oh, yeah, no problem. And I finished and I was like, oh my gosh, my entire life has been a lie because I've been thinking that I'm fast. <laughs> Uh, and it really put me in my place. But like some of the girls were really welcoming. I think they were kind of, as much as it would be hard to be understanding about this random person being brought in and brought on tour, they were like, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. And a, a couple of them were really like helpful to me in learning how to line out lift or teaching me how to line out lift, um, how to scrum, like things that I had had, had to learn very mm -hmm. quickly. Yeah, it's a pretty steep learning curve. Like I experienced that when I first came out here too, because like I only played sevens a few times and like pretty much my first sevens experiences were stay on the wing and <laughs> run when you get the ball. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> and now there's so much more just to make me like this. When you like, get this board. ball, run. Pretty much. And yeah. so like, we're going to give you the ball, just run. Those were your instructions. Yeah. Like when I, well, there wasn't like my exact instructions, but like, it was pretty much generally the idea. Those are and like, still the main instructions for Kirsch because she's so bit, hard. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, yes, a little bit, but I, I'm still just, you know, flying by on the tactic of try not to get tackled and run as fast yeah. as I can. Um, Best advice you've received. Yes, pretty much. Uh, people are not obstacles. That's what I used to say in college soccer. And now it applies even more now that I'm playing rugby. So um, yeah. who knew? Um, <laughs> but it's like a pretty steep learning curve coming into the center. Like, even for me, like the first few months, I was like, I don't really know what's going on. Like there's so many terms and like so much to learn about sevens that you don't. So many people telling me different things. <laughs> so many, so many things are like, there were a few times where like people were having conversations and I like, I didn't even know what they're talking about. Like it mm -hmm. was like learning a foreign language. I was like, I don't even yeah. know what you're saying. Like they like ask if I'd understand. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't even know like what, where on the field we're talking about right now. Like I have no idea what's happening. So like, like shaking your head every now and then. Yeah, I think there were definitely a few times where I literally was like, I have no idea what's going on. Like, <laughs> yeah. So like, but, then, I, but you had your your camp 
and tour at the same time and had to like kind of just figure it out. But I had been playing rugby for like three years at that point. So I had a concept of you had, like a pretty good foundation. Um, yeah. So I had, I like understood more than coming in here after a few months. Yeah. But the, but the, yeah, it's a different, it's a different level. It's a level. curve though. It's, it's a mm-hmm. steep learning curve. But then sure. I'm like, how lucky is that, that we get to learn by and from the best because trying to learn anywhere else and then come into this environment, I think would be equally as hard. Oh no, I totally agree. Like, I'm so thankful for that. Like, like it's, it makes a huge difference in like your ability to like learn everything and learn everything quickly. Cause yeah, you are getting taught by some of the best people in the world, which is very cool. But don't let that go to your head staff. (laughs) Seriously. Um, Staff and teammates. Don't let it go to your Mm -hmm. head. Like I'll say it here, but don't ask me to say it again. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But okay. So you had, so your first cap was with sevens, but then you also got capped with 15s pretty shortly after. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know that you probably get asked this all the time, but do you have a favorite? (laughs) Um, I I have like, uh, I have favorite aspects of both of it. And I think like some of it's changed with age, (laughs) which is like when I was younger, again, I, that contact aspect, I love 15s and I loved how hard you could make hits and, and how often they came. But as my body gets older, I'm like, Ooh, (laughs) I don't know. Um, but the tactical side of 15s is so intriguing to me. It's just, it's a massive chess match with so Mm -hmm. many pieces. And so that aspect of it, I love. And, and yeah, it's just way different. And then you jump over to sevens and the thing I love about sevens is everyone is so much more accountable because there's so much less people on the field. Mm-hmm. Teens, if I miss a tackle, it was probably only a half gap and somebody's got me. Sevens, if I miss a tackle, that's that might be that, you know? Yeah, that like that could be a try right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I really do enjoy both of them, but I think since my life has become a lot more centered around sevens ever since I became a resident, um, I love it. I love it a little, just a little bit more. Just, and it hurts me to say, because when I was younger, I could never see myself saying that. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'll say like, I love sevens more than 15s, but I don't have the same 15s experience as you do. So I think, um, I think it'll and be I interesting. Like 15s, like 15s raised me like yeah. that molded so much of my career because mm-hmm. I went on so many 15s tours before I became a resident in sevens. So I, I just feel like I owe so much to 15s yes. and it's, it, it's given me sevens. Oh, that's a really nice way to put that. Sorry. Just no, like that was, yeah, like that's a that's really like, nice way oh, to put that. But yeah, that's really cool. Wow. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I hope to like someday, like, uh, like, no, learn more about 15s and like have like, cause right now, like 15s to me is like just like this big thing that I don't really understand that well, you know, like I know the basis, but like the tactics and everything of it, like I don't really understand. Whereas with sevens, I'm like, okay, like I finally know what's going on. I know like what, (laughs) what the concept is. Everything is go. We got to go. We got to go. We got to do it now. We're playing quick. Whereas 15s, you like have a second to stop. You talk to your other playmakers and they're like, Hey, what do you guys think we should do here? Do we go for a line out? Do we go for a scrum? Mm -hmm. What do you want? And there's so many more like thought through options, whereas sevens, you just have to think of it like that. 
and Which go I think is it. better for me. I think actually the time to think is probably a bad thing for me. Time just to think like, is while I'm doing it. <laughs> yes. The, just for like the way my brain works, I think kind mm-hmm. of the, just have to make a decision right away and just go with it is probably good for yeah. me. But um, 15s is definitely something that like I want to explore in the future. But just um, for now, like sevens is sevens is like what raised me, I guess, mm-hmm. you know. So it's kind of yeah. the opposite for you. But that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, but yeah. Okay. So um so we talked about the sevens, we talked about fifteens. Um, what has this, well, okay, but also I want to talk about you were around for the build up to Rio. Yes. And so now we're in another quad. And so like, how is this one different from that one? Oh, um, this one is different. I have like individual base difference because I'm coming off an injury. So that make that changes everything mm-hmm. um, in the aspect of where I thought I'd be versus where I am. So that is the biggest difference for me individually. But as a team, the lead up to Rio was really hard. We had Rick, who was our coach for like five or six years, and he was the coach of the residence program since it started. And then like 10 months before the games, he gets let go. 10 months before the first time rugby will ever be in the Olympics, the head coach gets let go and the assistant coach gets let go. And they bring in someone who brings in other people. So imagine a a different coach coming in and bringing in another group of people, not, not many, but it still like changes the environment. It changes. Yeah, absolutely. She had a different playing style, a different coaching style, and it was really hard to adapt to. And then, so everyone kind of went within themselves a little bit um, more than I've ever seen our team do our current team. Wild though. And then another, Sorry, what? Sorry, no, I was going to say that just, just like just like that must have been crazy. Like it wasn't my favorite experience to be honest. It was really mentally challenging and you have to remember like everyone is a lot younger then and this is the first time everyone is going through this. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. so it's 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 a wild concept and then 5 months later, 4 or 5 months later they let that head coach go. Um and so then we have the, the, the man who was the assistant coach with the original coach is now the head coach and is like left this team that isn't in a great place and basically is like freaking out internally, but each individual, um, he has to put the pieces back together four months before one of the biggest sporting events of uh, a lot of people's lives. Um, so that in itself... I was yeah. going to say, which for context is like if we got a, a new head coach like right now. Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah. Can you imagine? No, I can't even imagine just the cultural shift, the mental capacity to process that, but then mm-hmm. also the team dynamics. I mean, you the players have that connection with the coach and you that confidence you have to build doesn't just happen overnight. Even yeah. That. I can't even imagine. And we were left like, it's like, <laughs> this is going to sound like a terrible um comparison but it was like a relationship breakup like with mm-hmm. each coach so then you have like a little bit of trust issues with each other and oh, with absolutely USA rugby with the coaches because you just you don't know what's going to happen and you've poured your heart and soul and your life into this training program that keeps just throwing curveballs at you um so this lead up to the games aside from my personal um battles has been just so smooth since we've had brownie for like two and a half years now um three years two and a half three three years uh, now three i think yeah like um, yeah it's just been a lot more smooth we've worked so hard on our team culture especially in the beginning of brownie which i think really set a good foundation 
for now, as stress levels get higher and as people are starting to just like think about things getting closer, you know? Mm -hmm. So very different lead up to um, the games. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I So I think like I've, I've heard people talk about this before and I knew that there was one head coach change. I did not know that there were two. Yeah. And I did crazy. not know how close to the games that happened. Cause yeah. Yeah. And I do, I think, I think you're right. Like I think about how long it's taken like our group now to like really like we've spent a lot of time like working on our culture and like the buy-in mm -hmm. process and like trusting Brownie and like t trusting our staff and everything. And I can't imagine like, you know, it happening right now and like us all feeling the individual pressure and then also the pressure to like try to trust a coach and like buy into like all the new things they're telling us to do. And like, like I'm resistant enough when Brownie tells me to stand two meters wider on defense. Like <laughs> this is exactly that. This is like, you've built a relationship with Brownie where you're willing to try something when he says to try it. And that was not easy and took time. So mm -hmm. imagine just a new person coming in and telling you to try that new thing. Cause you, I know you don't like it yet anyways. So imagine someone you don't know at all telling you that that's what it was. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. We made it through. We did our best. I mean, you did. I mean, like the team made it to the games and like mm -hmm. had some good performances, like, you know, which I, I think we performed as well as, as we could have, but we weren't set up to be successful. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's probably a pretty valid assessment of the situation. Like, mm -hmm. I think given everything happening, like the fact that like any games were won was pretty impressive because that's like, it's like, it's like breaking everything down. It's like what we talked about with like learning how to tackle again. It's like you have to break mm -hmm. everything you know down and then build it back up in, in such a short time period. Yeah, teams do like four-year quads to build up and we had a four-month quad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's insane. And it's also crazy to think like, you know, like for me who didn't go through that, I'm like part of this buildup has been kind of chaotic because of the postponement. And mm -hmm. like here you're saying like, no, like this has actually been like, like a pretty, like comparatively, like a pretty easy, like not easy, I guess is not the right word. Um, smooth, I guess, mm -hmm. build up because even but like you have to take it with a grain of salt because like coming off an injury, that extra year of the postponement obviously helps me tremendously. Whereas I know that's right, that's I might right. be yeah. one of like the 1% that feels that way. So it could have. It, it, it's going to be different even for other people that were there for Rio. That's fair. But I, but I mean, yeah, I guess it is encouraging at least that even through that postponement, like I think as a unit, our team dealt with it so well. And like, I do think it only probably brought us closer. Like mm -hmm. I would argue that going into this summer, like as a group, we're in a better place than we were last year. Like when we got shut down. Yeah. Which I think is, um, I think so too. Pretty special. Yeah. But yeah, damn, I can't, I, I'm still, I'm just, I'm kind of shook right now. I don't, I can't imagine getting a new coach, like, this minute. Like It's not happening, Kirstie, don't worry. It's not I know, happening. but I just, like, you know, my brain is spiraling thinking about, like, all the implications of that. <laughs> um, but, okay, I do want to talk about, um, so you did, you talked about how you're coming off an injury, and mm -hmm. I know that you've had a few, like, in your career, mm -hmm. Um and I also listened to your um, Chasing oh, Eagles no. podcast today. Um, and you talked a lot about like the mental toughness aspect of like returning from an injury. So 
Um, can you just talk a little bit about that and like what advice you would give to players who are like going through that kind of situation? Coming off a long-term in- injury is really challenging. I think, especially for team sport athletes, because you're constantly in an environment where we're on the goal line in a conditioning session. I have people to the left and right of me saying, Hey, I'm with you. And I'm repeating it back to them and passing it down. So Mm -hmm. you're pushing yourself to the limit, but you have people with you that you're doing it for and you can see them and you can hear them. So that's one thing. But when you get injured and you're doing all these things that were one, they were once easy for you and now they're hard. Like the example I used with Alina was glute bridges. Coming out of surgery and going into rehab, I couldn't do a glute bridge. And you're like, I used to do this for a warm up. So you're already frustrated. And then two, you're by yourself. So you're doing this for you and your future. And that's that. And you have to be, you just have to do it because the more disciplined you are at the beginning of an injury or at the beginning of your rehab process, the way better off you're going to be once you're back on the field. And if you're lazy at the beginning, you're, it's going to show further down the line. So that my first piece of advice is the reps that you don't want to do and the things that seem the easiest and the most boring. Those are the things you need to be the most disciplined with because everything is important when you're coming off an injury, especially if you don't want to have to do it again. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my second biggest piece of advice would be to just don't rush into any surgery because my first injury, I didn't know how big of a deal it was. And I was like, Oh, I'll be back off this in no time. It's not a problem. I'll go with whoever, Mm-hmm. was most convenient at the time and could get me in the quickest. And that's something I really wish I would have taken a step back from and done more research and done more thinking about, but I had never been injured before. So I didn't know how to go about that process. Um, so definitely do your research and decide for yourself. Don't let the time affect it. Like a couple of days or a couple of weeks in the long term probably isn't going to negatively impact you that much really good pieces of advice. Thank you. One last thing that this is so important is just your support system that you have around you. Because again, you're not with those people every day, the ones that you're working and training with. Um, So having a support system, if you have a friend that's injured, don't forget how important they are to the team, reach out to them. I'm sure it'll mean a lot to them. And then just if you have like a small group of family, if you're close with them or whatever, but you need people to lean on and people to remind you that this is temporary. And if you work really hard, you'll be, you'll get through it. <laughs> Very good advice. Thanks, That's such I great just... advice. And I think it's, um, it, you know, holds true beyond sport as well. If you're going through a rough patch or something, really lean on your community and lean on your, your circle. I think there's so much that you can get through and just, we tend to forget about leaning on those folks. And I think it holds yeah. true on the, on the pitch and off as well. And you forget, like, when you're not the person going through something, you don't realize how much it could mean to them. Mm -hmm. Totally. 100%. And I do, like, as Tammy said, I do think that that's pretty universal as well. Just, like, you know, like, reach out to people when you think about them. And, like, you know, you never know, like, how much, like, you'll make somebody's day with just, like, a text saying, like, hey, I'm thinking about you or, like, checking Mm -hmm. in on you. Like, that kind of stuff um, can do wonders for people. And I think that's really important for everyone to remember. Yeah. especially in this COVID-filled world that we're still fighting through. <laughs> still trying to figure out how to navigate. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, I have a few more questions before I let you go. Um, 
One is, this one is, I don't know, it might be kind of a an emotional question, but like when you think back on this whole like experience, like what do you think you're going to remember the most? Oh, gosh. Um, it doesn't have to be sad. It could be happy. <laughs> so whenever I was injured, the thing I missed the most was just the day-to-day interactions with everybody. So every time I'm on the field now, I'm like, wow, this is what it's about. You have a bad day at training. You're mad about it. Fine. You have a hard day. Fine. But the majority of the days, it's just like I'm here with some of like some great, strong, cool women. And I get to spend my day running around and rolling around in grass. And I think mostly I'll just cherish the the times and the memories um, with everybody here. And obviously, like you want to get accomplishments and you want to be the mm-hmm. best player you can be. Um, And those things are really cool. But when I look back, I think my favorite memories are just going to be either during a really hard conditioning session where I'm like, we did that together. Or just when we're dying laughing over stupid things. Or when Kershaw's worried about being late for something that's on the schedule. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I mean, I think um, I think I always say kind of the same thing, you know, like at the end of the day, it's like, like this team has become my family and it's like we go through every single day together and like um jazz was actually just commenting yesterday so like monday morning like we uh like when we all show up to training she's like it's like we haven't seen each other for like a month like we went away for the weekend and everyone is so excited to see each other on monday morning and um i just think like the, the, the like you said like the day in and day out and like just like all the time together i think is what like I'm going to remember most, which is like really special. And I like, I know when I was for one of my injuries, they released me from the training center. So I was straight up on my own and that sucked. And I missed everyone so much. And so even when I was injured this time, like still getting to be around people and now being back on the field, I'm just like, breathe it in (laughs) what it's about. It's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I also I also can't let you go before um, we nerd out for a minute about Harry Potter because um, there's very few people in the world that I would say maybe bigger Harry Potter fans than me, but I think you're one of them. Oh my gosh, that is a true honor, and I'm not sure if it's true, but my siblings do make fun of me every time I send them a Snapchat. There's got there's like nine out of ten times Harry Potter playing in the background. Right, because you listen to the audiobooks like constantly, right? Um, yeah, just kind of like looping them through. Or if you want some background noise, I'm terrible with keeping up with music, and it's really because I just listen to audiobooks so often. And usually it's Harry Potter because I know I love that storyline. Yeah, so I listen to them to fall asleep, but like you'll like be going around the house like doing tasks. And so, Tammy, me and I lived together for. I don't know, like a year. And so yeah. I'd just be like sitting in my room and all of a sudden I can hear like, you know, the audiobooks going off. And I'm like, what is she doing? And it's just like, you're just like puttering around the house. Just listening to them. Yeah. That is insane. I don't like sitting and watching TV. I don't like, it's like the soundtrack of your life. Yeah. So much so I got a nice little quote that I love. Um, tattoo wait, uh, wait, wait, you sh- you're showing us the tattoo on your arm. What does it yeah. say? Um, it says, it says, it is our choices that show what we truly are far more than our abilities. And I think 
it's just something that really resonates with me in rugby because you have so many choices you can make as a teammate and as a player. But also, I think it's something that people should remember in life. I love that. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. The soundtrack to your life. And (laughs) I think we can all take something away from that. I love it. Yeah. Okay. But so rapid fire, what is your favorite book? Oh, gosh, darn it. I'm going to have to pick two. I don't I. The first one, because that's when you're like introduced to the magic of it all. And you're just like, oh, this is so neat. And then the seventh one, because everything comes together. It's so you can't put it down. But also it ties in stuff from the first book. And you're like, I completely forgot about that. How did she do it? Amazing. Amazing. First seventh. Okay. Favorite movie? Uh, I don't uh i don't really like the movies okay oh that's fine that's fine i'm so sorry you don't okay okay uh favorite character uh i think i'm Ginny. favorite non-main character oh um no one's ever asked me this before really that kind of surprises me i think i have to think about it more but if i had to answer like off the top of my head I'd say Slughorn because in the end he comes through for it and you don't see that coming the whole time, but he comes through. And so I guess him, yeah. but let, I'll also get back to you if I change my okay. mind. Well, I've really spoken like a true Harry Potter fan. I did not anticipate <laughs> either of those answers. So Wow. Yeah. Um, well, which character do you like the best? Uh, Hermione is probably my favorite character. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You know, smart girl. Yeah. Yeah. Very analytical. Um, very analytical. Always on time, you know, organized, you know. I relate yeah. to her a little bit. They should have cast you. I know, right? <sighs> Had to pick Emma Watson, you know. I mean, now you know if a character is ever going to play your life, you have your character. Oh, my God, yeah. Emma Watson. That's a good answer to that. Yeah, I'll just start picking her. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Our final, final questions are the repeat questions that we're asking everyone, not just the Harry Potter fans. Um, So who is one athlete in another sport that you'd love to compete against and see how you measure up? Oh, my gosh. What am I competing in? Their sport. Their sport? (laughs) You're telling me to pick an athlete to go against in their own sport? Um Or, Or like you play their sport, then they play your sport. My favorite Olympic athlete, I think, is Sean Johnson because she seems so hardworking and down to earth. And I loved watching her compete. Um, And so I and I think she would just be nice to like talk to while we're goofing off competing against each other. I think she'd laugh at me and I could laugh at her while she was trying to tackle. Like I just I think it'd be fun. So if you're listening and you want to be friends, Sean, let me know. We'll get our tag. I think we can organize that uh, for sure. (laughs) Um, okay, and the final question, this one is the big one. What do you love most about rugby? Oh, um, I think everyone is going to say this, so I feel like it's a cop-out. But I just love the community that it's always given me, no matter what team I play on. Everyone is so welcoming and supportive, and I appreciate that it's so empowering in what everyone can do versus some other cultures of what you can't do and especially for women and young girls needing like 
wanting to play sports and knowing that their bodies are strong and their bodies are meant to do certain things and you can do certain things and every body type is needed, especially in 15. That's one of the most beautiful things I think about the sport. And then just the empowerment amongst the girls, like the communities that we've made and we're like, we can freaking do this. Um, it sounds so corny and I'm sure literally everyone says that, but I, I that's what I appreciate most. No, I mean, I, I love, love that hearing. Too. Yeah. Go ahead, Tammy. What were you going to say? I was just going to say that um, not being in it every single day like you are and having an outsider's perspective, every one of these answers are so unique and they hit right in the field just in their own unique way. And so like I get all, you know, warm and fuzzy and teary when I hear these answers and it's so beautiful and the way that you shared that it's about community, but how there's this empowerment as well. Everyone has shared that in a very unique and own way that it's had an impact on them. And it's so beautiful to hear. Um, once COVID is done with, we need to get you out here and on the field with us. You hear that, Kush? I got an invite. Yeah. And I haven't oh, even had an invite from anyone. you. So thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> well i will arrange it all once covid is over don't worry Yay! <laughs> oh my god i feel like i should change my athlete answer now and say tammy so that she oh there you go <laughs> tammy is a uh, tennis player so careful what you wish for Oh shoot! Let's only fly rugby. You're the most non-contact sport in the world. <laughs> I don't know, man. I saw Serena hit the splits while hitting a ball, and then getting up and having to go the other way. And I was like, "Well, let's just be bad. honest. Serena's like different level, next level, total different level." Yeah. All right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Thank you so much for being here, Mia. I had a great time chatting with you. Thank you guys for having me. It was awesome. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Blood, Sweat, and Beers. Uh, we will be back next week with more episodes and more interviews with some of my amazing teammates. Make sure to follow us on all the socials and have a good week. <laughs>